Hills presents Intellivision. Intelligent television by Mattel. More sophisticated than any video game that has come before. Providing hours of entertainment for the entire family. Intellivision, with one of the clearest game displays available today. Find this system, plus a complete line of sports and video game cassettes at Hills, where our game is low prices every day. Welcome to Atari Bytes, the show where we take a bite out of the story within a classic Atari 2600 game, and occasionally an Intellivision game, and see if that story bites us back. My name is Bill, this is episode 179. Thanks for listening. Welcome back, everybody. I am fresh off of Planet Funk Con this weekend. Today, as I record this, was the last day, as a matter of fact. Primarily, it's a comic books and collectibles event. They do have... They have a big vendor room with all sorts of stuff, although, like I said, it's primarily comic book and collectible related. They they had panels. They had Eddie Munster. Butch Patrick was there um, you know, signing autographs, and he was on panels and things. I was within three minutes of being able to pee with him, which sounds weird, in the men's room. Uh, as I came out, he was headed towards the men's room. And I was, oh, man, I missed my huge pop culture moment. Oh, well. Uh, Who else was there? Some people that, frankly, I don't know much about. An actress whose name I have now forgotten. But she's big in our house because she played Principal Perry on the Lab Rats, you know, Disney show that my kids used to be big on. Uh, She's done a ton of other, you know, voice work and whatnot, too. That's why she was there. But one of the things she's played is Principal Perry. And uh, I told Henry that. And he was not at all impressed, actually. He you know, Lab Rats, I think the last time they watched an episode of that was like a year ago, which is pretty much a lifetime when you're a kid, so he didn't really care. And there were a lot of people cosplaying. Ooh, Jessica Rabbit was there. That was pretty exciting. Um, Saw a, I don't know what you would call it, a sort of medieval Batman. That was pretty cool. Uh, accompanied by a medieval Wonder Woman. Um... A lot of Wonder Woman around, actually. Uh, a few Captain Marvels. Um, it really it seemed like the women were more into the cosplaying this time, at this event anyway, than the men, although the men were there too. Bane was walking around. That was cool. Um, there was a trio of women dressed in uh, very... Um, uh, very true to the, the Star Trek movies, the, the new Star Trek movies, um, costumes. That was cool. But I met some nice people. Uh, I talked up the podcast quite a bit. Welcome, new listeners. I'm expecting that I probably have some new listeners this week. So, uh, welcome. And, uh, if you like the show, first of all, keep listening. And, uh, maybe check out a book or two, um, when you're, when you're up to that. So, uh, yeah, all in all, it was a good time. And, uh, you know, I, I imagine I'll probably go back. 
wasn't expensive to get into. It's a nice event. It's continuing to grow, as I understand it. I'd never been there before, but I'm told that each year it's gotten bigger. And I assume that's, you know, hopefully the way it'll continue. It's going to be a while before it rivals Midwest Gaming Classic or, uh, you know, Comic-Con, certainly, in popularity. But, you know, it's going to work up to that. Not a lot of video games at this point. They had a few consoles set up in one corner that people could go play. I think they had uh, Mortal Kombat and the Lego Incredibles game and a couple other things. There were a couple of places selling Atari games. Uh, I picked up, actually I picked up an Atari game and a television game. All the loose carts they had, I already had, but they had some in-box games. I got Pele Soccer in-box, and, and for the Intellivision, I got Beauty and the Beast in-box. Now, I chose those two. I don't know much about either one. I don't know if they're any good, but they were in-box, and they were fairly cheap, and they were in good condition. And there were games I don't already have, in-box or loose cartridges. So that was my criteria for picking those out of the ones that they had. Uh, I could have gotten Donkey Kong for the Intellivision in box, and I thought about it, but it, the box wasn't in that great a shape, so I didn't know if it was necessarily worth it, so I passed that up. Somebody was selling uh, a six-switch console. That might have been the same booth. I'm not sure. So, you know, there was a little bit of video game presence, but it really was primarily superheroes and, and comics and stuff like that, so but that's okay. Maybe maybe they'll expand into gaming more. All right. Oh, hey, If I guess while we're on that topic, if any of you know any cons in the Midwest that I should be checking out, let me know. Because uh, it's hard for me to get out to the coasts, necessarily, but I live in the Midwest, so Midwest events are a little more doable for me. So give me your suggestions. I already know about Midwest Gaming Classic. I've been there a couple of times now. So, uh, But if there's anything else that I'm missing, let me know. Gonna prove on the rocket man documentary page on facebook june 21st someone posted when painting a rocket always wear proper towel gear to protect the hair and we have what appears to be mad mike himself with uh, you know, a paint sprayer, he's got gloves and a you know overalls on, and he's got a mask over his face, all very proper, safe spray painter procedure. And then he's got like a bath towel or something on his head. All right, I guess maybe he couldn't find a hat. I guess if they're painting the rocket, maybe that means we're close to doing something. June 19, they posted entering the TMI zone, and they helpfully add too much information. During a scene in the movie told by Waldo Stakes, quote, When he hit the ground, I never looked, but he said his balls were black for a month. Okay. I don't know what's up there, but all right. As usual, it's just the same things posted on Twitter. All right. I feel like we're getting close to something, which is great, because if nothing else, uh, once they get this rocket up and prove that the Earth is flat, I guess, or just kind of you know, slink away quietly after confirming that it's not. I don't have to do these Mad Mike updates anymore. So, you know, here's, here's fingers crossed that they get a launch soon. Gonna prove that the world is flat In his rocket ship Or else he'll go splat He's Mad Mike Hughes 
not really any news this week. I told you about Planet Funk Con, which, by the way, is a name that's really important to enunciate properly, or it becomes a whole other event. did get a comment from someone. Uh, I apologize to commenter. I got a notification on my phone. Hey, you got a comment. And I, I clicked on it, and I read it. And then I, I got distracted doing something else, and the comment disappeared. I don't really even know what platform it was posted on or who posted it, and I couldn't find it again. Uh, so I can't quote the comment exactly, but it was something to the effect of, referring to the roulette episode, uh, I guess two episodes ago now, um, that uh, a request, I guess, that I, I not have Henry co-host again, because listening to the roulette episode was brutal. Specifically, what I said was, don't let Henry ruin another episode. Uh, now, commenter, and again, I'm sorry, I don't remember who you were, who was that posted this. I'll tell you, I get a lot more fan mail for Henry than, uh, actually, you're the first to say anything negative about Henry's appearances on the show. I imagine there are others of you out there who, who necessarily don't necessarily get excited when Henry's on the show, but a, a lot of people do. I'm going to keep having him on the show. Uh, he's my kid, for one. Um, I, I like I, I like having him around. So uh, I'm going to let him be on the show more. Um, I think it's fun when he's here. It, it does create a different dynamic on the show. For one thing, he's nine, and I'm 40-something. So it creates another perspective on the games, uh, on doing a podcast. You know, plus, uh, he's funny, I think. Um, I mean, he's a nine-year-old, but you know. I do a show mostly by myself, where I talk to myself. So I like having a guest host uh, on occasionally, even if it isn't my nine-year-old kid. So I'm going to keep having him on. Uh, he's not on every week, of course, but uh, whenever he wants to be on, I'm going to let him be on. I, I suspect maybe you're thinking this is a way more serious video game podcast than it really is, uh, which is odd if you've listened to the show for a while, because... Clearly, I am not a super serious, um, you know, video games are the most important serious topic ever. I, I like to play them, and then I like to make up stories about them. So I think it's perfectly within the realm of the, uh, the, the premise of this show to have a nine-year-old kid on every once in a while to goof around. So I'm sorry, commenter. I hope you keep listening. Um, you know, just rest assured he's not on every week. As you know, if you're listening to this episode, because you're not here this week. So, yeah. So, uh, that's all I got to say to that. Keep the comments coming, even if they're negative. I, I want to hear the bad stuff, too. You know, and if it's something that I, I think, yeah, you're right, maybe I should change that, I'll change it. But Henry being on the show, not one of the things I'm probably going to change. All right. Let's get on to this week's game. As Intellivision Month draws to a close. Wah, wah. Yes? Yes? Pitfall and Stampede by Activision? Sure. For a television. No, no, no. Activision, Activision doesn't, doesn't make video games for Intel. Do too. Pitfall, that challenging jungle adventure game that dares you to find the treasure, and Stampede, that rope them doggies roundup game. Yeah, they get a Pitfall and Stampede by Activision yeah. for... Whoa! Activision! Activision. We put you in the game. Pitfall from Activision. You already knew that. 1982. So yeah, so David Crane creates this amazing game for the Atari, and then television's like, well, I want to get on on that, get in on that, get in on that action. So they, you know, do what they do to make it work on television, and lo, the world was happy. 
I guess. I probably don't need to tell most of you how to play Pitfall, but you know what? I'm going to do it anyway, because there may be a few of you out there who don't actually know how to play Pitfall. And it is the, the play, not, not the objective or what you're looking at even on the screen, is not that that's different, but the play is a little bit different. The object of Pitfall, we know this, is to guide Harry through a maze of jungle scenes, jumping over or avoiding many deadly dangers, and helping Harry grab the most treasure in the shortest possible time. To run left or right, you press the left or right side of the disc on the Intellivision controller. To jump over dangers, you push either one of the top buttons on the sides of the controller while running to the right or the left. To climb ladders, press the top rim of the disc. To climb down ladders, press the bottom rim of the disc. To grab a swinging vine, press either of the top buttons on the sides of the controller while running to the right or to the left. To let go of a vine at the end of a swing, push either of the bottom buttons on the sides of the controller. To collect a treasure, just run right by it. You start each adventure with 2,000 points. Some misfortunes will cause a deduction of points. Should you fall down a hole by accident, you will lose 100 points. Rolling logs will also cause point losses depending on how long contact is made with them. Each treasure you find will add points to your score. There are 8 of each type of treasure in the entire game, 32 in all, for a total of 112,000 points. A perfect score is 114,000 points, which you reach by collecting all treasures without losing any points by falling down a hole or tripping on logs. Diamond rings are worth 5,000, gold bars are 4,000, silver bars are 3,000, and a money bag is 2,000 points. You have 20 minutes to complete each adventure. Harry has three lives in each game. Game ends when Harry is lost for the third time and when time runs out. To start a new game, press clear on the hand controller. Tips from David Train. David Crane is an award-winning senior designer at Activision. He also designed Dragster, Fishing Derby, Laser Blast, Freeway, and Grand Prix for the Atari video computer system. As you set off on your first adventure with Harry, you'll notice two important features. That the logs always roll from right to left, and that the replacement Harrys, after Harry loses a life, drops from the trees on the left side of the screen. So, to minimize the number of rolling logs to be jumped, and the catastrophic hazard to be retried, simply run to the left. Piffle Harry's trip must be made through a maze of surface and underground passages through the jungle. To capture all 32 treasures in under 20 minutes, Harry will have to use some of the underground passages. I disagree with that, but whatever, David Crane. I suggest that you make a map of the terrain each time you play, knowing the jungle and planning the best route to all the treasures is the only way to ensure success time after time. Until you get really skilled at making Harry jump from croc to croc, you might wait until the crocodile jaws are closed, jump to the left of the first croc's head, then wait for the jaws to open and close again before jumping to the next one. Soon you'll be skipping across crocs like they were stepping stones in a stream. If you can find any writing materials deep in the jungle, drop me a line. I'd love to hear how you and Harry are getting along. David Crane. That's a really nice letter, David Crane. I miss you, David Crane. Come make some more games for the Atari, David Crane. There are 255 jungle scenes through which Harry can travel. Each scene covered... Underground is equivalent to three on the surface. Pitfall is a circular maze. If Harry safely goes through all 255 scenes, he will come back to the starting point. Harry will also encounter all 32 treasures. Harry's adventure is fraught with danger. Some hazards slow him down and rob you of points. Others stop him cold in his tracks. The lesser hazards are the open holes in the ground and rolling logs. The catastrophic hazards are the scorpions, fire, cobra, ratter, cobra rattlers, crocodiles, swamps, quicksand, and tar pits. These obstacles will not cost you points, but they will cost one of Harry's lives. You need a variety of skills to play the game. The most important is jumping. You'll need both the direction disc and the jump button, either one of the top buttons on the side of the controller at the same time, in order to make Harry's leap to a swinging vine. Jumping is also important when you 
leap atop crocodile heads while crossing a swamp, or when you hurdle over logs, holes, scorpions, fires, and snakes. Special care should be taken when you jump scorpions. The margin for error is less. Join Pitfall Harry's Explorers Club. If you receive 20,000 points or more on any of your adventures with Harry, you're eligible. Send us a picture of your TV screen showing your score and we'll present you with the special Explorers Club membership emblem shown below. See? Isn't it pretty? As always, if any of you has the Explorers Club emblem, send me a picture. And I can uh, seethe. I, I I can stew in my own jealousy. And that is how you play Pitfall for the Intellivision. The video game critic gave Pitfall for the Intellivision a grade of B. If you're expecting an extra awesome version of Pitfall on the Intellivision, you'll be sorely disappointed. It's a carbon copy of the 2600 game, almost. In accordance with some lame-ass policy Activision had at the time. The only noticeable difference is how the vines swing in a more realistic manner, which I guess is noticeable. I didn't really pay attention to it, I guess. Pitfall is timeless fun, but it does get repetitive once you get the hang of the familiar patterns. I personally favor the Atari 2600 version, if only because I can use a comfortable joystick of my choice. For those who don't know, David Crane's legendary Pitfall was a huge hit, maintained the top slot in the Billboard charts for 64 weeks, and was named Video Game of the Year in 1982. Over 4 million copies of the game were sold in the 80s. It was the second best-selling game for the 2600 after Pac-Man. He thinks that the Atari policy of relying on mangled adaptations of arcade games would result in a glut of cheap, unappealing games, which became one of the contributing factors to the crash of 83. He thought tailoring new games to the strengths and weaknesses of the 2600 would have yielded positive results. He left Activision to co-found Absolute Entertainment with Gary Kitchen, and later co-founded Skyworks Technologies. In 2012, Crane launched a Kickstarter campaign to fund a game called Jungle Adventure, which was not... You know, it was the 30th anniversary of Pitfall, but this was not for, you know, intellectual property reasons. Pitfall 3, it was called Jungle Adventure, but it clearly was, you know, had its um, had its heart in the Pitfall world. But uh, I did see an article about that. I forget how much they were looking for, but they, yeah, they didn't even get close. They wanted hundreds of thousands, and I think they got like 30,000, maybe. So, yeah. If anyone knows if David Crane is working on that Jungle Adventure game now, or if he'd be up for it, because, hey, we're, we're creeping up on the 40th anniversary of Pitfall pretty soon, might be nice. If you're out there, David Crane, first of all, tell me you're out there, David Crane, and uh, you know, get to work on uh, a 40th anniversary Pitfall, in quotes. All right. Well, after the break, no need to fall into a pit of despair. There's lots more show. Welcome to the jungle. We take it day by day. If you want it, you know you're going to bleed, but it's the price to pay. And you're a very sexy girl, very hard to please. You can taste the bright lights, but if you can't get there for free. In the jungle. Welcome to the jungle. Feel my, my, my serpentine. Uh, I want to hear you scream. Welcome to the jungle. It gets worse here every day. You learn to live like an animal in the jungle where we play. If you got hunger for what you see... You'll take it eventually. You can have everything you want, but you better not take it from me. In the jungle. Welcome to the jungle. Watch it bring you to your nun 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 knees. Knees. Uh oh, I'm gonna watch you bleed. Okay, 
we're going to play Pitfall for today's field report. This is, of course, Intellivision Pitfall, which looks, uh, spoiler, a lot like Atari Pitfall. I guess Activision thought, we got a good thing already. Why mess with it? All right, here we go. Activision presents Pitfall trademark, copyright 1982, Activision, Inc. I kind of wish Pitfall had some opening music, or any music, uh, because it's real easy when you play this game, especially when you get good at it, to kind of go into a trance. All right, here we go. Harry's on the move. Alligators. Why did it have to be alligators? Confession time. I'm not a big fan of the controls. Using the uh, little disc thing and a separate button to jump and a button to release the vine. Um, and I have a hard time navigating these alligators with these controls. Or maybe it's a combination of that and the length of time that's passed between the you know, times that I've played this game. Um, I did it on the podcast for the Atari, as you know, back in like episode 18 or something, three years ago, and it was probably decades before that, So, and I haven't played it in between. So I was having a little trouble with the alligators before I started recording today. So uh, let's see what happens. Ah, bad word. Daddy. Damn it. Okay. One more to go. Overshot. God damn it. Well, that was fun. All right, let's try it again. Um, probably in the first part of this episode, which I haven't done because I'm recording this first, Spoiler, I probably said something about uh, an article or review that mentioned the disappointment that David Crane didn't futz with this, uh, the Intellivision version a little bit to kind of, you know, tweak some things or make things a little cooler or something. And I guess I'm a little disappointed too. On the other hand, Pitfall's a pretty good game, as it is. Two alligator. God damn it. I know all of you people out there sitting in your cars laughing at me. Yes! Yes! I'm going to cry now. Rolling, rolling, rolling. Keep those loggies rolling. It's a really old uh, rawhide reference for you uh, old timers. Rawhide being even older than me. Alright, I fell down into the tunnel. Um, I'm not going to stay in the tunnel because the tunnel is boring. All there is is that you know mutant giant scorpion. And you just end up climbing back out anyway. It really has no strategic value. 
makes me wonder if, uh, and maybe this was in one of the articles I read too, I don't remember, if maybe the original intent was for there to be something going on in the tunnels. Hi, Snake. Uh, and they just, he, Crane never finished it or something. I also wonder if that was the, hello, gold bar. If that was the impetus for Pitfall 2, which, while not exactly in a tunnel, is more cavernous than Pitfall 1. You know, sort of the, the idea that, well, we never finished, you know, made anything cool go on in those tunnels. Let's make a whole game where Harry's in the tunnels. I don't like these separate buttons. One to jump, one to get off the vine. It's kind of annoying. Oh god, more alligators. Ah! I was on the third one. I hate this game. Forget what I said. Uh, and I'm erasing my memories of the last 40 years. I hate Pitfall. Pitfall, you suck! I don't mean Pitfall, I was just kidding. Seriously, I love you, Pitfall. Back to you in the studio. Hey everyone, this is Michael, one of the hosts of the Atari XEGS Car by Car podcast. Do you like Atari? Of course you do. What about the 8-bit computer line? It was one of the best. Well, how about you consider joining Bill, David, Kieran, and myself as we review the cartridge-based games for Atari's 8-bit computer line. We also review budget games which are mostly released only in the UK. But that's not all. We also dig up game history, share personal experiences, and perform questionable comedy. You'll get all of that and for free just by listening to us on either iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Player FM, or from our website at xegs8bit.com. That's X-E-G-S, the number 8, bit.com. And when you're done listening, please send us your hate mail, because we really need the feedback so we know someone is tuning in. Hey, it's me, Bill, your host, the guy you've been listening to this whole episode. Do you enjoy the stories I write and read to you every week on this podcast? but you feel like you just need a break from my voice? I get it. My family does sometimes, too. Here's an option. Some of the stories from the show are now collected in a volume titled Misery Banana, Very Short Stories Inspired by Old Games and Odd Thoughts. You can order it wherever you like to order books. I hope you'll check it out. Thanks. So here's the thing about Pitfall for the Intellivision. It's, well, it's pretty much the same as Pitfall for the Atari, except for the things that we just talked about. I don't like the two buttons to jump on and off a vine. I don't necessarily like the disc to move the guy around. I'd rather have just a plain old Atari joystick to do all this stuff. Um, objectively, Pitfall 2 is probably a better game, but I have lots of affection for Pitfall 1, Pitfall Prime, or whatever. I don't know. Um, I'd never played on a television until now, but it's one of the first games I played on the Atari, and at that time I was blown away by it, and I still, you know, still holds a special place for me, uh, whatever platform it's on. So uh, I'll, I would happily keep playing it on the Intellivision if that's all I had. But I don't. I have the Atari version, so I will probably go back to that. It's story time. Atari Bites Yes, it's story Story, story, story time With Bill This week's story is titled Log Rollin' With apologies to the estate of Tom Petty He's a jungle man Loves adventure Loves danger And alligators too 
He's a good man who's crazy about vine jumping. Loves scorpions and the jungle too. But it's a long day. He's tired from running. There's lots of logs rolling through the swamp. And I'm a bad travel agent because I misled him. I'm a bad agent for duping this chump. Now I'm not free. Log rolling. Yeah, I'm not free. Log rolling. Now the scorpions walking through the tunnels move super slow toward the next ladder. And all the scorpions are waiting in the shadows. And my weary clients are left with crappy trips. Now I'm not free. Log rolling. Yeah, I'm not free. Log rolling. Log rolling. Now I'm log rolling. Now I'm log rolling. Now I'm log rolling. Now. I want to go down. Sprint over the quicksand. I want to show him all of the treasures. But as for a refund, not going to give him nothing. I need cash, yo. No one uses travel agents now. Now I'm rolling. Log rolling. Now I'm log rolling. Now I'm log rolling. Now I'm log rolling. Now I'm... Yeah, I'm rolling. Log rolling. Now I'm log rolling. Now I'm log rolling. Log rolling. Now I'm log rolling. Now I'm log rolling. Now I'm log rolling. Now I'm... Now I'm rolling. Log rolling. Oh, now I'm log rolling. Now I'm log rolling. Now I'm log rolling. Now I'm... Man, there's a lot of logs. And they just keep rolling. Rolling now, rolling log. Rolling. And that's our show. Thanks to Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com for Creative Commons' use of his songs, Reformat, Take a Chance, and Pinball Spring. Thanks to Mike Mann for the Mad Mike Hughes theme. Thanks to Sean Courtney for the Storytime theme. You can find Atari Bytes on many podcatchers, which you know because you're listening to one. So, brave those alligators and scorpions and snakes over there at Apple Podcasts and leave a treasure of a review. A diamond. Maybe. Preferably to a silver bar. Email the show at ataribytes2016 at gmail.com. Like the show on our Facebook page. Follow the show on Twitter at ataribytes. Or follow me personally at Carnival of Glee. Also check us out on Instagram. And don't forget, you can call and leave us a voicemail about any damn thing you want at 563-265-1978. Don't worry, I won't answer the phone. And, you know, for those of you concerned about it, Henry won't answer it either. Just leave a message and maybe we'll play it on the show. Please consider supporting the show financially by making a donation on the Atari Bytes Patreon page or by picking up shirts and mugs in the AB underscore pod underscore store on Zazzle.com. This is a little teaser, nothing final yet. But there are changes coming to both the Patreon and to the podcast store. Hopefully, you know, fingers crossed, yet this summer. So keep that in mind. Hey, do you love Snoopy? Yes, you do. Admit it. Do you know someone who does? Yes. Yes, you do. Check out my other podcast. It's a podcast, Charlie Brown. On the 15th of every month, a new episode drops, and we cover anything and everything related to the Peanuts comic strip and the TV specials and the movies and Schultz himself, and the merchandise. If it has to do with Charlie Brown and the gang, we're going to cover it. So if you have any interest in that at all, check out the podcast. And it's not just me, by the way. Uh, We've had authors, playwrights, illustrators, generally knowledgeable Peanuts people on the show too. So come listen. You'll enjoy it. Next time on Atari Bytes. It's back to the Atari, folks. We're playing 
Robot Tank. Which we're guessing is a game about fish or something. I don't know. We'll find out. So until next time, go play some old games. They've missed you.